fantastic, huh? So excited, especially really grateful for Eliana and Aria. They're 12 and 15 uh, dancing with us today. They started when they were three. So they've got it going because Olivia, she only started when she was four. So they've totally got her on this. But Olivia as well, she's part of Ballet West. How many of you have been to Ballet West before? Yeah, fantastic. She's been there for six years. She's been dancing for 17 years. Tyler, Tyler and Olivia, they're part of our K2 family here. Tyler is actually a first soloist with Ballet West. He's been dancing for 20 years. Now, and I'll I'll be honest with you, Tyler, um, what's really exciting to me about, I I know Tyler really well. He's in our Life Together group. So again, if you're here at K2 and you're visiting, we gather here, but then we gather during the week and build relationship with each other, which we're going to talk about later today. But Tyler, um, he actually gave us tickets years ago for the first time, and we got to sit in the second row. And I'll never forget, man, I sat there, because I'm, as you can tell, I'm not a ballet uh, artist. (laughs) And uh, so I sat in the second row, and my mouth was just, my jaw just dropped the whole time. I couldn't believe what the human body could actually do how strong and yet at the same time so graceful. It was, it was exceptional. That's our word for today. When you go to, to Ballet West, it's exceptional. It's beyond, it's an exception to the norm. But here's what's interesting. <laughs> They've been dancing 20 years, 17 years. Tyler's been at Ballet West for 10 years. What you just witnessed was a ballet class. That was a five-minute demonstration of a ballet class that is actually an hour and a half long. And they do it every day. Five to six days a week for 10 years. So why do you think they're so great? Because they're actually training themselves to be able to do this at a high level. And that's what we're going to look at today. I I was actually on Facebook, Rachel Wilford, who's our Life Together director here. She she had this uh, picture on Facebook. At the top, it says what people see, right? So what you see when you go to Ballet West is this absolute demonstration of beauty and awe. But then you got everything that you don't see. And there's the sweat and the tears and the hours and the pain and the suffering that people actually go through so that they can be exceptional. Now, I'm sure like you, like me, we've all trained at things, right? I remember, it's kind of fun, my son Caleb is 14, so we're going to the gym now, and I'm taking him to the gym, and it's really funny because I remember when I was 14, you know, and I wanted to play football, and I was a string bean. Yes, some things change when you get older, but I was a string, I was so skinny, and how many of you older guys like me remember Joe Whiter? Anybody remember Joe? All right, he, 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 well, anyway, he used to have these muscle magazines and he'd teach you how to lift. And I remember I'd come home every day and I'd pump that iron. I would make myself a half a dozen eggs every day to try to get some muscle on my bone. I remember I had a friend in eighth grade, his name was Howard Benton. And Howard looked at us one time and he said, someday you guys will have a body like me. And literally in eighth grade, he was already ripped. And my whole life, I never had a body like Howard Benton. (laughs) But we train. And then, but sometimes you do train, and you're actually able to do something where before you couldn't do it. 
So the other thing I'm doing with my kids this year, now that they're a little bit older, is I'm actually taking them golfing. And I remember, I, I, I enjoy golf. But years ago, when I was back in Michigan, man, I, I just wasn't very good. I would go out and I would slice like a banana every shot, no matter what. So I tried really hard to be a good golfer. And every shot, man, like, and then you end up over here. So finally, there was a guy in our church, and he was a golf pro. And he said, Dave, let me, let me take you out for a lesson. So the first thing he did is I took my swing, and he, and he videotaped me. And then he put two screens up. And on this side was me, and over here was Nick Faldo. And then he would play in slow motion our swings. And for half the swing, it was like, that's good, it's good, it's good. And then all of a sudden, and I could see it. Here's what this guy made me do. This was crazy. So I had to go like this. And he goes, here's what I want you to do. You have four movements. Straight arm, one, two, cock your wrist, three, bring your elbow down here, four. Actually, it was five. Here, and then flick it. He goes, I want you to do that for 15 minutes. Now, that doesn't sound long, but guys, 15 minutes. Bump, bump, hunk. Boom. Boom. After 15 minutes, he goes, okay, now you can actually go do the same thing. And when you get here, just from here, do that. Oh, sorry. You okay? All right. I don't have any balls. We're good. I, I actually did use golf balls way back in the old day. Shot a golf ball right from the stage. It was awesome. It was, it was a plastic one. We're okay. After a half hour of doing those stupid little motions. He goes, okay, take a swing. With a nice little draw. Bam. I'm like, this is magic. And I, I'll never forget the whole rest of the season, I could go to a driving range and the guy would be out there picking up balls and I could hit the cart. It was, can I tell you? Can I tell you how much more fun it is when I was trying to play golf, then when I trained, training sets you free. Trying is really, really frustrating. And you know what's interesting? You and I will give tons of time and effort, all of us do, to lose weight, right? To have a body that's ripped, to get muscles, to look beautiful. We'll spend tons of money to drop our golf score. We'll, We'll spend hours like you're going to hear in a minute so we can play a musical instrument. Most of you in whatever work field you're in, you have disciplined yourself and trained yourself to be great at your task. So imagine this, though. Here's where we're going today. Imagine living a life like Tyler and Olivia can dance. What if our life was actually exceptional? What if it was great? What if we actually gave the time and the effort to our spirit and our soul where you were free? How cool would that be to actually be free from the things right now that frustrate the bejeebies out of you? How do you like that word? I don't know where that came from. but, but, But there are so many things that you can't do and you probably have tried and you can't do it. But what would happen if you were full of love? What would happen if your character and your integrity was increasing? 
What if your freedom and joy and peace? Okay, Christians, let me just ask you a question. What if you could actually know God and experience him in your life and have his presence changing your very soul instead of trying to be a good person and do this. It, it is so completely different. Well, here we go. 1 Timothy 4, 7 through 10 says this. Train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value. Interesting, the, the word actually in the Greek is, it's of, it's of little value. It has value. So I just want you all to think about how many hours and dedication, how you will never miss the gym. You will eat right because it is of some value. But godliness has value for all things. Holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy statement that deserves full acceptance. Okay, everybody say amen. 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 See, when you say amen, you just say, so be it. Yes. You can actually live this godly life. That is why we labor and strive because we have put our hope in the living God who is the Savior of all people and especially of those who believe. Okay? So here's what we find out. Yes, the New Testament revelation that Jesus Christ came to show us and teach us and demonstrate for us, he's saying to us, you can live life to the full. The kingdom of God, which is in heaven, can come to earth and you can be full of love and joy and peace and patience and all the goodness that is of God. You can. That's the message. So here's my training. Spiritual training, you guys. Well, here's what that scripture just told us. If you train yourself to be godly, spiritual training results in exceptional living. If you want an exceptional life, it's not, that's an exception to the norm. Spiritual training is how you do it. All right, let me give you three quick things to understand about this. Number one, exceptional living is worth it. It's worth it. <clears throat> the only reason we do any training that's actually difficult or hard or painful is because we see this beautiful goal. It's like, oh my gosh, I'd love to look like that instead of like this. I'd love to have energy and be free. I'd love to have be financially free, whatever it is. But this was exceptional living. He says, train yourself to be godly. So what's godly? In Ephesians 4, it says, put on the new self. That's something you do because you're created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And then he says, therefore, put off. So you put on, that's the training, and you put off. But what he's saying is godliness is when you are experiencing true, where this thing True righteousness. Now, if you come to church for years, I hated that word. I'll just be totally honest with you. Even as a pastor, I'm like, righteousness. You know, everybody's going, ooh. But I want to tell you, you know what righteous means? It's when something is as it ought to be. When something is as it ought to be. And when you're godly, you are 
what you were created to be. And then what is godliness? The fruit of that spirit. The fruit of the spirit of God is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness. We have to remember this. If we're going to actually spiritually train, you have to believe that godliness is worth it. And I'm telling you, it's worth it because it is exceptional living. It says it has value for all things. All things. And then it holds a promise for the present life and the life to come. It holds a promise. Can I prom? Here's what I know, even though I don't look like it. Here's what I know. Somebody say, I promise you, if you stop eating bad carbs and you exercise regularly, I promise you, you're going to lose weight and feel better. Amen? Amen. We know that. We know that. It's just true. And the Bible is telling you today, I promise you. He says, if you spiritually train for godliness, it holds a promise. And it's for all things. It has value for all things. You know what? Because if you are, it will keep you in shape, actually. There's a self-control that's in the Holy Spirit. There's a, there's a freedom from gluttony when the power of the Spirit's inside of you. It will bless you at your work. Because the wisdom of God is so right for even work. It'll tell you. It'll integrity and character and how to relate to people. And by the way, all of your relationships, every one of them, promise you. If you train yourself to be godly and are filled with love and joy and peace and in other-centeredness, your relationships are going to get better. And you will be free. That's what Jesus said. You will be free. You can, I can, be free from destructive patterns that are ruining your life. You can when you train yourself to be godly. You can be free to do the very thing that you want to do. That's how, I, you know, I tried to, Susie bought me a guitar right after we got married, and then Mariah was born, and I just, man, my fingers, I just couldn't do it. So I just stopped, and I'll sit there with you guys, right, and you watch these guys play, and you go, oh, the freedom they have to grab a guitar and go, see, that's fun. But they didn't grab a guitar and go, I'm going to try that. I could try that. No, you have to train for that. And then you're free to be who you want to be. And I'm telling you, if you're godly, the coolest thing is you actually glorify God. See, that's what we're supposed to be as we follow Jesus. We're actually supposed to be living lives. When people look at our lives, they go, oh, that's exceptional. There's something really good about that. And then God is just good. We're going to sing that later. And so when you're godly, you're good, which means you bless everybody around you and you're fully alive. I love this 1 Corinthians 9. Here's another passage that talks about this. It says this, don't you know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. You guys, it's absolutely worth it. Spiritual training results in exceptional living. And I'm telling you, it's worth it. Now, this is a trustworthy statement that deserves full acceptance. 
I, I, I just want to, I'm hoping that one of the things for you when you walk out of here today, you'll go, okay, God is telling me that I can live an exceptional life. I do not have to be bound by the ways of this world and the things that are destroying me. And it will be worth it. That is a trustworthy statement, and it deserves your and my full acceptance. Now, if you've ever trained for something, it's hard, isn't it? It is. Because, first of all, you're horrible at it when you first do it. As soon as you try something for the first time, it's so embarrassing because you can't do it, and you look like a fool. And sometimes it's actually painful, and there's always something else that would be more fun, isn't there? <laughs> there's always something that would be more easy and just pleasurable to do. So here's the second thing you need to know. If you're going to train to be godly, okay? If you're going to train to be godly, exceptional living takes a fight. It takes a fight. Nobody has ever achieved greatness without fighting for it. It does not come sitting on the couch and eating Doritos and watching Netflix. I've tried it. It just doesn't work. It takes a fight. 1 Corinthians 9 goes on. He says this. Therefore, because we can actually receive a reward, he goes, I don't run like someone running aimlessly. I don't fight like a boxer beat in the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. <laughs> okay? Paul's like, woo, run in such a way to win the prize. Because how the people do it? They give up their whole life to get a medal around their neck. Give up your whole life for something that has value for everything forever. But if you're going to do that, guess what? You have to beat your body and make it your slave. Because how many of us are slaves to our body? And we do what it tells us to do instead of us telling it what to do. Spiritual training is no different in its difficulty. In fact, I think it's harder. And I sit here, right? And I, I just want to look at all of you. And I just go, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here. May God speak to you today and give you a vision for your life. Because it's absolutely possible. But I man, we got to fight. That's why Paul said, this is why we labor and strive. Because we put our hope in a living God. Is your God living, man? He is to me. So I want to connect with him. So Galatians 5.17 says this. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. Hey, Christian, this is written to you. This isn't even written to, if you're not a follower of Christ yet, you're gonna learn a lot of stuff today and I'm excited for you, but I, can I just say to all of you who are followers of Christ, sometimes I think you go, man, I received Jesus and it was awesome. But man, why isn't it just, why isn't it easy? Why is it so hard? Why do bad things happen? Why? Because the spirit that you received, your flesh is going, ah, I hate you. 
Literally, the Bible says our soul thirsts for God, and it does. But your flesh does not thirst for God. <laughs> and so if you're going to have exceptional living, accept this. You have to fight. It's not easy. You can't show up to church a couple times a week and go, come on. Why aren't I experiencing God? Where's all the joy and the freedom and the peace you talk about? It is there. It is there. But I'm telling you, baby, you better fight for it. Now, here's the key. We are not going to live exceptional living without this. You cannot expect to have Christ's love and his power. Last week, love your enemies. Oh, okay. No, you can't just go do what Jesus did unless you live his private life as much as you live his public life. That glacier is the deal. You, people saw Jesus. Wow, look at Jesus. He's awesome. Yeah, look at Jesus. The Bible tells us he learned obedience through what he suffered. Interesting. He had a private life that allowed him to have the public life. I'm telling you, spiritual training does result in exceptional living, but it's going to be a fight. And that's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Accept it today. I want it. It's worth it. And I'm going to fight for it. Okay? Now, here's a third one. Exceptional living takes perseverance. It takes perseverance. Hebrews 12.1 says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race that's marked out for us. I, I love this, you guys. The race is marked out for us. I'll be totally honest with you. I hate running. Anybody else hate running? Thank you, thank you. I, I hated it. I was so glad when I was running on the treadmill and I hurt my foot. <laughs> I just can't do it anymore. Yeah. So now, oh, so now I, I, but, so I switched to a bike, which I actually really actually enjoy. But one of the reasons I hate running, like, what do you guys like about that? That's just, it's just weird to me. But I can tell you what, man, you put a prize at the end and everything changes. You, there's a race that's marked out for us. And so what you do is you've got to throw off everything and you have to run it with perseverance. It's still amazing to me that Tyler and Olivia do the same exercises for an hour and a half every day. That's perseverance right there. And they're exceptional. And I'm telling you, man, you don't try to be godly. You just don't. You have to train to be godly. You just do. That's how it works. James is sitting right here. James and I, years ago, did Saints to Sinners. You guys ever heard of that? It's a, yeah, I love the name because it's a bike race from Salt Lake City to Vegas. Don't you love that? Saints to Sinners. It's, it's cool. And, uh, and I just remember, I like to ride, but that year to ride from here to Vegas, I couldn't just try to do that. That would be me right now. Hey, let's try that. <laughs> Ain't gonna happen. But when I trained all summer long, regularly, then I could do it. And it was so fun to be able to do that. And I want to tell you, how many times 
Have I, how many times have I started something and not finished? Anybody else? I mean, you, you start, and then for whatever reason, it's hard. Oh, I just, you know, I went on vacation. I got out of my rhythm. And now I just can't get back to it. Can I, just, can I just encourage you? No matter where you are in your spirit, some of you maybe right now, you're like, man, I've, I've tried. I tried. I, I went to a Life Together group once. Just wasn't that great. I, I tried reading the Bible, and I don't get it. I just forget it. Where's, where's, where's the power of God? You got to stick to it, man. You got to run this race with perseverance. And I just want to tell you, no matter where you are right now spiritually, just start over again. Just get up and do it again. I remember when I was on my sabbatical eight years ago, I just, my love quotient was shrinking. I'm a, okay, wait a second. I'm following Jesus and I'm a pastor and I love people less than I used to. Hmm. But it really was. So I went to this guy for two weeks. I did therapy. Two weeks. I wanted to dive in and figure out, because I didn't know why. I didn't know why my love was shrinking. And I'll forget, I told him, I am so frustrated. This is making me so mad. And we're sitting in his room, and he goes, he goes, why? Because you feel like you should be like this? Yes! Yes, I do. I've been following Jesus for 25 years. I shouldn't look like this. He goes, okay. All right. He goes, here's what I want you to do. He goes, I want you to go over to the other side of the room and sit in that chair over there. He goes, but you can't start where you are. Go. I'm like, say that again? He goes, I want, okay, I want you to go over there and sit, because you want to be like that. You want to be like that over there. So go ahead and go over there, but you can't start where you are. Go ahead. Right? Can I just give you some grace today? Start where you're at. And take one more step. Just get back up and go after it again. I'm going to tell you, man, I do. I have, like, over 30 years now. I, one, of my, one of my disciplines, one of my trainings is I spend time with Jesus. I just do. I love it. I get up super early. I'm telling you, I am by nature night guy. As soon as we go on vacation, I'm like, oh, whatever, and I stay up forever. I love the night, but I love him more. And what I realize is I live, my soul lives on every word that comes from the mouth of God. It just does. And so, man, I just started going, I got to get up early. Because if I don't get up early and I go out and just, once my day gets going, I won't spend any time with him. I just won't. So I want to tell you, man, I disciplined myself. And if I go back when I first started, I was horrible at it. I'd do it and then I wouldn't for a couple weeks. And then I'd do it again and then I wouldn't. But I kept doing it. And I kept doing it, and I kept doing it. And you know what the crazy thing is now? I don't even have to set my alarm. I just, I just wake up. My kids made me. I've shared this here before when they were little, like stupid little kids. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, sleep, would you? Because I got to get up in time to be with Jesus, and you're up. <laughs> so, but finally, so I got up earlier, and I got up earlier. And now today, it is no big deal to get up before five o'clock and just go spend time with him. Just like these guys can just dance beautifully. Man, it takes perseverance, you guys. Spiritual training results in exceptional living and it takes perseverance. And that's a trustworthy saying. So do you want, do you want, to, do you want to live a godly life? Do you want to live a great life? Do you want to know him? You gotta believe it is worth it to be free. It's worth it. And fight for it and don't 
Quit. Don't give up. All right? So now, how do we do this? How do we train? Let me give you three ways that we train. The first one is this. How do we train? You train with Jesus. Okay? You train with him. Initially, I had put you train like Jesus, which I think is also true. You can look at his life in the scripture and you see what did Jesus do, right? WWJD, you put your bracelet on, you are good to go. <laughs> but, but you do, you look at Jesus and you can see what did he do and do it like him. Yes, but as I sat with this message, here's the truth, man. You don't just do it like him. You have to train with him. With him. I'm telling you, man, you can't expect to have his love, his power, his peace, and his joy without doing something to nurture it, okay? And so um, 2 Peter 1.3 says this, God's divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Did you guys hear that? You have everything you need for a godly life through your knowledge, through knowing Christ, who called us by his own glory and goodness. You have everything you need for godliness through knowing him. Now, I want to tell you, here's what's interesting about Tyler and Olivia. See, obviously, physically, they had everything they needed in their body to be able to dance like that, right? They did. They had it. And then they trained, and it came to fruition. Here's what the Bible's telling you. You have everything you need to live an exceptional life. Don't buy the lie from the pit of hell that's telling you you can't live like God. That's the message of Christ. You can be transformed into his image, but you gotta do it with him. See, you need to know him. This is what Jesus said. He goes, you you have everything you need through knowing him, not by knowing about him, right? I know lots of people who know a lot about Jesus, and they don't look anything like him. And maybe that's part of your problem, too. Maybe you go, man, I I know stuff. Why isn't this changing anything? Because you actually have to know him. You have to experience him. To know him means to experience him, not just to know about him. It means what you're saying is, I want you in my life, and I follow you into your life. And here's here's what the scripture says. By faith, you can actually receive Christ. You can receive Christ. And that's the divine power, you guys. Can I just tell you? So if, if you're not a follower of Christ and you're coming to church with your friend or whatever, and you're going, like, why in the world would I want to be like those miserable religious people who are judgmental and can't even live up to what they want? Why would I do that? Don't. Don't. But I can tell you this. If by faith you receive Christ, it's a real transaction. And it says his divine power, which is his life in you, can give you everything you need. But you got to know him. Now you have everything. So here's what Jesus says. He goes, take my yoke upon me, take my yoke upon you, and learn from me. And you will find rest for your soul. So the first thing you got to do is, if you're going to actually do spiritual training, okay, you have to do it with him. He goes, take my yoke on you. That, that, that's a yoke. is like a thing for oxen, right? And a big, huge piece of wood would go between two animals and bind them together. He goes, if you bind together with me and learn from me, 
learn from me. Yes, learn what I do. He goes, then you'll have rest for your soul. In another place, he says, if you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciple. Then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. See, you have to, if you hold to my teaching, that means you actually do it. You guys, I'm going to tell you right now, here was the biggest danger about doing this series, because we're going to do four, discipline, four practices after this. Here's the biggest danger right now of teaching you this. Is some of you are going to go out and you're going to, you're those, you're the high A people. You're going to go out and you're going to do this. And I'm telling you, a spiritual practice will never, this is so interesting, because I just told you it would result in spiritual, exceptional living. But I can tell you this, you can actually do all these practices and never know God. That's who Jesus ran into. They're called the religious people. When he showed up on the earth, man, those, those, those Pharisees and those Sadducees, they were doing all the stuff, but they had no faith in God. It can result in self-righteousness, y'all. So you have to be super, super careful. Don't become proud. And then you can actually do the spiritual practices, and this is kind of my main point here. You can actually do the spiritual practices and never do them with faith. So others, you can read the Bible every day and have no intention of doing what it says. You can come to church every Sunday and go, man, I'm notching my belt and I'm going to church and never have any intention of doing what you hear. And I'm telling you, if you just do that and never actually walk by faith, you will never know God. And then you're going to get really frustrated. Oh, this church thing's stupid. And I'll tell you, it is without faith. It just is. It's like, it's a beautiful day. I always say this, go golfing. But if you actually want to do a discipline and a practice resulting in faith, it'll change your life. So um, it was really fun on Monday. Like he was, how many of you guys were here last Sunday, by the way? Just real quick. So I, okay, we talked about loving your enemies, right? <laughs> and I got together with a guy that I get together with every week, and we go have lunch. And while we're having lunch, he goes, yeah, thanks a lot for that message. He goes, because that afternoon, he goes, I had to call a guy who I know is so angry. He had to let him go from work. He had to fire him, let him go a year ago. The guy moved to California, and he's all ticked off at him. And he said, but man, I heard your message, and so I called him. Isn't that awesome? So I called him. See, that's faith. And they had this amazing conversation, and they were beginning able to begin to forgive and to reconcile. That's what God is saying. Then just yesterday, I got this text. A friend of mine says, last Sunday at the end of our service, I made a commitment to write 15 letters to people who I'm pretty sure would say that, though unintentional, I hurt them in the past. You helped me realize, even though you said this to me in the past, the way to do that is to own up to the hurt in swift fashion and proceed by heaping blessing on them. I hope to do one of these each week this fall. I just completed number one. It was tough to get going, but it was a blessing for me to write. Can I just, can I just tell you? Here's the key. If you're going to do spiritual practice, you got to do it with Jesus. Actually join your life with him. Hold to his teaching and follow him. And then the practice has effect. If you just come to church and have no intention, this all, by the way, guys, this is all Jesus said. Jesus made it really clear. He said, there's a wise guy who built his house on the rock. And the rains came, and the winds blew, and the storms blew, and it stood firm. And the foolish guy built his house on the sand. 
And the same winds came, the same storm, the same tense life came, and his house crashed. And then Jesus goes, you know what was the difference? The wise man is the one who hears my words and puts them into practice. That's it. Like, tell me more, Jesus. What's the Greek mean? The Greek means, do what I tell you to do. But I'm telling you, do it with him. Now, number two, and this, I'm gonna, this is, these last two are super quick intentionally because we're going to talk about them for the next four weeks. How do you spiritually train with spiritual practices? There are time-tested activities that people have done through all the years who've really known God and their avenues of grace. When you do these things, they actually connect you to God and God's grace because by the way, you can't change yourself. God changes you. But when you do these practices, they're avenues of grace and they actually can strengthen your spirit so that you're experiencing God. Oh, I want this bad, so bad for you guys. Why in the world do I do this? Because I want you to know him. Oh, I want you to know him. Galatians 6, 7 says, don't be deceived. God can't be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Do you guys hear that? God's not going to be mocked. What you sow, you're going to reap. Do you know what the spiritual practices are? They're just a way to sow in the Spirit. It's like a farmer, right? A farmer gets the ground all ready. He plants the seed, buries it. He waters it. Can he make it grow? Isn't that the craziest thing? No. After he does that, he has to be like, okay, hope it works. That's what spiritual practices are. Spiritual practices are you do what you can do. And then when you do, God actually does the work. And there are different practices, and we're going to talk about it. Some of them are inward disciplines. And that's where you're like, God, I want to know you. I want to know you. Come into my life. So that's the reading of Scripture. That's prayer, learning how to actually be one with God in prayer. We're going to do a whole series later this year on prayer. Because, you know, you read the newspaper and everybody prays. But is everybody experiencing oneness with God when you pray? No. So we're going to train you and teach you how to do that. We're going to equip you. Fasting is going to be one of the disciplines we talk about in a couple weeks. That's a spiritual practice that actually tightens you up with God. But then there's outward disciplines. Not only God come into my life, but God, I'm going to get into your life. Submission, we're going to talk about next week. Ooh, I shouldn't have told you that because now none of you are going to come. <laughs> it is one of the most beautiful things of Jesus. But it's a practice, simplicity and generosity and celebration. Man, that's what we need to do, okay? So those are spiritual practices, and you learn how to do these time-tested things. They actually get you in line with God. You, 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 you sow into that, and it gives God a chance to work in Okay? And then here's the last thing in closing. You do it with others. If you're going to spiritually practice, man, you got to do it with others. So I'm, so I'm lifting with my son, Caleb, and man, yesterday afternoon, I did not want to do it. There wasn't a bone in my body, and I'm like, dad gummit, trying to teach my kid discipline. Guess I better be disciplined. So we sucked it up, and we went, and we're going, and it was good. It was good. But seriously, my body, I was just tired. I got to the last, last exercise, and I'm just like, I just looked at him, and he was standing there. I'm like, can I just tell you something, Caleb? 
if you weren't here right now, I'd leave. <laughs> and I just told him, I said, let me just be honest with you. I hate this. I don't want to be doing this at all. You know why I'm doing it? Because you're here. Anybody relate? Okay. You all know if you're going to be great, you've got to have a running partner. You've got to have somebody who's arm in arm with you. And I'm telling you, may, maybe more than any area of your life is spiritually. I'm I, I have been a Christian since I was 11 years old. I have followed him with all my life since I was 19. I am 54 years old, and I still can't do it by myself. I need this guy right here. There's Bill. I need to meet with him. David, I need to meet with him. And Josh, right there. Those are my three guys. I, I can't do this without them. How in the world are you guys doing this? <laughs> Can I ask you, how, how in the world are you living an exceptional life by coming to church every once in a while and, and then living the rest of your life without anybody helping you do it? I don't have, I, please, you should be up here. Teach me how to do it. No, I'm going to teach you. God tells you, you must be joined with each other if you want to exceptionally live the life that God has for you. Hebrews 10 says this, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. Did you guys hear that? Don't give up meeting together. Yeah, but I, you know, this small group is okay. Church, you know, I don't know. Worship was all right. Dave wasn't really, you know, what? What? Come on, man. That's so unspiritual. Let's spiritually train and fight and persevere. And let's spur one another on. Let's encourage each other. Ephesians 4, from him, the whole, from him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love. Anybody want to grow and build yourself up in love? Okay, well then, get together! I wanted to coach so bad. Here's my chance. I was at a whistle and I blow it to make you run some wind sprints. On the line, all of you. Run a sprint. <laughs> but I'm serious. I'm so sick and tired of hearing. And where's, where's Jesus? Talk to him lately. I'm tired. Okay. All right. You get the point. <laughs> Do it with him. Do it with these practices. And do it with somebody else. Because spiritual training will result in exceptional living. And it's worth it. So fight for it. And don't give up until you got it. Okay. So now the band's going to come up. And we're not going to sing some songs. You guys know that? That's not what we're going to do. You're going to connect your heart with God. God says, I inhabit your praises. So he gave us this gift of worship. So now you've heard from me. But now worship actually gives, it's a gift. It's a weird gift. It's awesome. That you get to sing now to God and declare things to him. 
And when you do, his spirit says, I inhabit that. Your spirit and God's spirit get connected in worship, and he can move you. He can, it can strengthen you to say, I'm going to do what I just heard today. I'm going to do this. So this first song is, I surrender all. I Because sur guess what? <laughs> if you don't, you just, then, you, then you live a religious life that's hard and boring. But if you lose your life, you find it. You find it. Okay? So that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about this in this worship. It's going to give you a chance to say, yes, God, come into me. I'm going to lay myself before you. Come into me. And I'm going with you because I want to live the exceptional life that you died for me to have. All right? So let's stand together and let's worship him.